When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album. I'm the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, the podcast that's inspired by that book. Believe it or not, it's 25 years old, coming up on its uh, 25th anniversary of publication in August. And yet we still find that the lessons that were imparted by my old college professor, Maury Schwartz, as he lay dying from Lou Gehrig's disease, still resonate today on many levels. And we're going to talk about one level that uh, goes on and on, that being weddings, marriages, and the idea of living together prior to marriage, which was something that Maury and I talked about and something that uh, I had done. Uh, wasn't doing right when I started seeing Maury, but was just married. So it was all very fresh in my mind. We're going to explore that today with myself and my good friend and producer of this podcast, Lisa Goich. Hi, Lisa. Hello, Mitch. That's the married Lisa Goich, by the way. Yes. Long married <laughs> Lisa Goich. Long married. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Uh, before you got married to Teddy, did you guys live together? Yes, we did. How long? Is that bad? Am I in trouble? No, um, we're not the police here. <laughs> um, we, we were married probably a little over three. I mean, we were together a little over three years before we got married. Um, and we basically moved in together because Teddy is a musician and was on the road all the time. And he had a dog and two cats. And I often was finding myself babysitting his animals uh -huh. here at his house while he was on the road. And I just lived in a little studio apartment. Um, you know, on the other side of town. And so we're like, well, maybe you should just move in because you're here all the time anyway. So mm. that's what happened. <laughs> well, I think a lot of relationships uh, where people end up living together are kind of like that. They're practical. Uh, they sort of make sense. The first time that I, I lived with another woman was when I was very young, uh, right out of college, graduate school, really. And uh, it made sense uh, because of, of, of New York. It was New York. It was just so expensive. Oh, yeah. And the idea of, of you know, somehow being able to have two apartments when you weren't spending a lot of time at either one, it just didn't make sense. Uh, but of course, there is a bigger issue than that. And the issue is, of course, how does it affect marriage? How does it affect the prospect of marriage? How does it uh, affect whether you end up getting married as a result. So Maury and I did talk about this 25 years ago. Interestingly, uh, he went back, here I am talking about in my younger days. Well, he went back to his days in the 30s when the very concept of this was 
extremely controversial. Listen to him talking here to me about a uh, Bertrand Russell, who he admired greatly, and uh, the controversy that he engendered by even bringing up the idea. Here's Cope. Even in 1938, when Bertrand Russell had something called companionate marriage, they didn't allow him into city college because they said he would corrupt the youth. And I went on strike against that, against the board's decision to disallow him to come and teach at City College because of his belief and practice mm -hmm. of companionate marriage, which is what... Which was living together without... Yeah, which is what it's today. Mm -hmm. They well, wouldn't let him come teach at your school? So, yeah, you see how controversial it was in Maury's youth. Uh, Bertrand yeah. Russell, of course, the British philosopher and social critic and academic. And uh, here he was radical. They, 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 they went on strike to allow him to speak about how dare you live together before marriage. And, of course, in the decades that follow, you would always hear parents say things like, free milk from a cow, you know, that thing, that old oh, expression. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to buy the cow if you're getting the milk Don't for free. Don't get the milk for free. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Which not sure women really ever found uh, a noble comparison <laughs> no, to the I don't cow. Think that, no, I don't think that that's a really great way to put Even it. Even when it's coming from your mother, it's still <laughs> sort of insulting. Uh, but then, of course, in the 70s, 60s and 70s, things began to change and mores about what you did or didn't do before marriage, whether you even got married, changed a great deal, as we know. It was a great cultural upheaval of those years, and people began to think differently about it. And now it's kind of come full circle. I, I think there are, it's become so normalized that it's not controversial to do it anymore. And I think it's even swung back in some ways. Were there people saying, no, you know what, we, we don't want to live together before marriage. We want to, you know, wait until we get married and really start from there. But not because necessarily someone would frown upon them or someone would go on strike or, or ban them from speaking at campus. Quite the opposite. It's such a normalized thing that they, it's just a decision. Just a decision made that, no, no we're not going to do it or we are going to do it, we're not going to do it. Now, I can only speak from my experience uh, well, twice around. Uh, one time I, I lived with a woman, uh, as I say, when I was younger, in my early 20s, mid-20s. And we ended up getting engaged, although we lived together before we were engaged. Uh, I didn't know that about getting, you. Yeah, getting engaged. But we didn't end up getting married, interestingly, for reasons that I'm not going to go into here. Uh, and then the other time was with my wife, Janine, the only woman I ever did marry. And she didn't want to, although we were courting for about six years before yeah. I popped the question and seven years before we actually got married, she did not want to live with me until we were married. And we effectively really didn't. After we got engaged, um, you know, we were over each other's places a lot more. But I don't think formally, we still weren't formally living with one another until we got married. And and here we were, we were in our mid and late 30s. It wasn't 
we're old enough not to care about what society thought or anything else right. like that. It, we weren't kids, but still it was something that even after all that time, we just sort of agreed, no, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll start from the first square on the board with our marriage. What, you know, what was, yeah. What was Janine's um, reasoning for it? Did she have a, you know, was it well, religious I, I or was she, it just? Uh, it might've been slightly religious, but I think it was more about the commitment and it was more about, you know, if I'm going to you know, change my whole address, put all my stuff in a certain place, you know, uh, formally go back and forth from a place, I want to be doing it with someone I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with and not Gosh. someone who maybe uh, we're going to do this for a period of time. And then there's going to be that moment where we're going to have to move out. That's true. That is very true. You know, I nowadays wish I had my own place <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, that's that's a different show and a different podcast. And uh, yeah, I we're mean, not going to get into that. Like, well, I'm just saying there's something nice about having your own space. You know what I mean? And that I guess you don't think of that, you know, in those times where you're all, you know, in that new love and all that stuff like that, or even in the practicality stage, right? Yeah. Um, but uh you know, now, now at this stage of my life, after 25 years of being with this person, I'm like, wow, I wish we had a house next door. <laughs> yeah. I'd have my own house. <laughs> there are people who do do that as they get older. They just sort of say, look, we don't want to get divorced. We love each other, but we kind of, we got different habits and let's get, let's get uh, apartments right next to each other. Or let's get houses right next to each other. I've heard of that. Yeah. Maury, by the way, for what it was worth, uh, with his wife, uh, Charlotte, did actually live together uh, briefly before they were getting married. I remember I asked him about that uh, and if anybody looked askance at that. Did your did your uh, your brother or any of your other family or, or friends disapprove? Did they say, you know, you can't do that, you have to marry her? You know? No. I think it was too short-lived. It wasn't all that one now. Most of the parties get married. Mm -hmm. so, so I think once you say you're going to get married, it's okay. Mm -hmm. At least I don't remember any disapproval. So again, for Maury, this was probably in the uh, in the in, in the fifties, uh, maybe earlier than that. So uh, it was controversial, but he but he did it, and but again, he said it wasn't very long, and they were already planning on getting married. So the question becomes, what's the cost of it? What, what is the real risk? Well, forget the milk and cow thing, but there, there, is, there is a different kind of risk, and that is complacency. I think that, that um, remember Woody Allen in, in Annie Hall has this moment where he's trying to be very logical about their breakup. Uh, uh, yeah, and he's trying to be very calm, and 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 he says, you know, I I I I, I the way he talks, I I I, I, th I think relationships are like are like a shark; they need to keep moving in, in order to be successful. They need to keep moving, keep moving, and I I, I think what we have uh, on our hands here is a dead shark. <laughs> that was that you was know, the way he summed it up. You do a really I good, do a good Woody Allen impression. Yeah, well, oh, very uh, good, very good. Yeah, Always not have. much call for that. Uh, <laughs> But there is something to the idea of moving forward. And 
while some people think, okay, you now get two drawers in my apartment and uh, an extra cup for your toothbrush in the bathroom, that level of moving forward is quickly disintegrated by the idea that now you're kind of together. Uh, it's very convenient. You wake up with one another. You can go to work and see each other at the end of the day and work. And where exactly is the uh, inertia, motivation, uh, or commitment to get married when you've kind of, you're already sort of doing all the fun things that you think marriage is going to be. Now, I should qualify this by saying that if someone's listening to us in Europe, up to this point, they're going, yeah, and so what? I mean, why should you get married unless maybe you have children? In many parts of Europe uh, and in many parts of the world, really, people don't get married. They, they move in with one another. They commit to one another. They're monogamous with one another. But they don't get married uh, until either they get pregnant or in many cases after they have children. I know couples that, they, you know, they have their second child and they decide we should probably formalize this and get married. And a lot of it has to do with health insurance and, and uh, living wills and estates right. and that kind of thing. Well, you know, also and and too, I understand that. Yeah, also to the mother's name so that the mother's name matches the kid's name if they give the kids the last name of the father. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. A lot of people, and I even see that in divorces, like when oh, people get divorces, I see a lot of women keep their married name um, because of the children, right? So that all of right. their names are the same. So right. it's interesting. These are very practical, very practical uh, justifications. But I think many of those couples are also just as easy to break up. It's, 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 it, let's face it, it's a lot easier to break up a living together relationship than it is to break up a marriage. And there are, there are a lot of practical concerns about that too. Uh, when people earn money, uh, especially if one party is earning more than the other, or significantly more than the other, they say, well, why do I want to put that at risk for this relationship? Uh, if we just live together, we get all the good stuff of marriage. We love each other. We're, not, we're never going to break up. But if we did, if we did, at least I wouldn't have to worry about a divorce lawyer coming after me for X amount of money. Now, again, I add the caveat that in certain countries, if you live together for a certain period of time, there is that sort of common law thing and you can get a divorce lawyer or you can get a lawyer to claim that you know, you're entitled to some of it. But that, let's face it, that's some of the reason that people do it. And, and to me, that's kind of selfish. I mean, you're going into a relationship that's supposed to be about commitment to one another, but your first thought is about yourself. You see what I mean? It runs contrary. The whole idea of being, of being married is being committed to somebody else. And yet your first thought is, how can I protect myself if it doesn't work out? Same yeah. thing with a mm -hmm. prenuptial agreement, which I didn't sign. I don't know if you did in your marriage, but uh, you know, no, Janine neither, and I, neither one of us, neither one of us had anything. anything. <laughs> well, I, I was doing okay at the time uh, when we got married, uh, not as well as I ended up doing, but I was doing okay. And, and financially it was making significantly more money than, than Janine was at the time. And I, I guess we, we had a discussion about it one time, but she and I both agreed that if you entered into a marriage with that, uh, you were already kind of putting certain chips on the table about 
if it doesn't work out. It's a little bit like when you go to the roulette table in, in a casino and you put 10 chips on red, but you put one chip on black just in case, you know, you want to, if you don't get the red, at least you won't lose everything. And it's hedging your bets, hedging your bets. And, yeah. and I didn't feel like that was the best way to approach a commitment to another person by starting with how can we hedge our bets here? Because sometimes you kind of keep that in mind and, you know, it, it provides a little bit of an easier exit when things aren't going so great. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So all of this kind of speaks to the idea. I just, I just went to a wedding over the weekend. One of my nieces got married. It was a wonderful affair. They were truly in love with one another. It was beautiful to hear. Their vows were beautiful. They kept staring at each other. They, kept, they, they were kiss, kissing each other so many times that they didn't even really have to bang on the glasses all that often, you know, because they were just so happy. And she Aww. said to me, um, she said to me uh, uh, I got up at 3.30 this morning and I just, I couldn't go back to sleep because I, I just so wanted to get married to him. I just wanted to, you know, I just wanted to, I couldn't wait to get married to him. And uh, I thought that was beautiful. And and when you That's see that romantic. kind of, yeah, when you see that kind of love and, 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 and getting started out together, you realize it, it takes so much of that and it takes so much of that commitment. Um, and you wonder if you are undermining that at all by sort of starting ahead of time um, with the, you know, well, let's try each other out a little bit. Yeah. Now, I'm going to, I know I'm wafting back and forth here and that's okay because the point of this podcast and of this episode is not to be dogmatic about anything. It's not to say this is the only way you should do it. And anyone who thinks otherwise is crazy and is, 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 should have their head examined. I, I see both sides. For example, there are people who fall in love for what I would say are the wrong reasons, uh, physical attraction, uh, arousal, uh, 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 excitement, uh, money, uh, you know, the, 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 the thrill of the newness. Uh, and once a, what a, a therapist once said to me, the new car smell of a relationship. Oh. <laughs> you know, there's nothing like a new car smell, uh, but that you only true. get it. You only get it when the car is new, right? 
Yes. You only get it when the car is new. And a byproduct of holding on to that car for a length of time is the smell dissipates and there's nothing you can do about it. Yes. Well, all, all those other things that I mentioned, they also can dissipate. The sexual uh, uh, chemistry can dissipate. The arousal, the excitement, the money, uh, it can dissipate. And if you get married in sort of the throes of that, thinking, oh, this is going to be forever, and then you move in with one another and you start seeing each other's dirty clothes and, and the mess that one or another leaves in the bathroom and the smells and the sounds of living with another person and the everyday grumpiness that comes with it, then you may find, boy, was I wrong here? And uh, where's all that excitement? Where's all that arousal? Where's that thrill of the money and all the rest of it? And at that point, now you're getting divorced. And those are where you see those quick, you know, one-year marriages and eight-month marriages. Yeah, These are really people who just did not calculate what it was going to be like to be with that person all the time. And so you can make an argument that, well, if they had moved in with one another, they would have seen that. And they would have avoided the mistake that their marriage turned out to be, right? And that's the best argument that I believe I hear for moving in ahead of a marriage. Yeah. You know, it you, can you, keep you, it can keep you from, from, I don't know, being mesmerized, hypnotized, uh, you right. know, uh, well, I you think know it I'm helps. Yeah. I think it helps to see how that person really is in real life, which you can't get if you're not really living with them. You know what I mean? Um, you could have very different living styles and you're not really going to see that when you're just visiting them every so often, you know, or sleeping over or whatever. But I think once you're actually living with somebody, you'll get to see that they're the guy who like leaves peanut butter on the spoons and then just leaves it sitting on the counter till it's super hard and you can't even wash it off. That guy. That's a very mean? specific <laughs> charge. I don't imagine you're making that up from the top of your head. I don't know. You know, why do I, mean, I get people, that feeling? Yeah. People have stuff, right? Like they have stuff. So you have to, you have to just real, you have to just think to yourself, is this something I can live with for the rest of my life? Cause most likely they're not going to change. Or, um, do I choose to for door number two <laughs> and then move right. along? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and so that makes a good argument for doing, you know, before moving in, uh, before a marriage, and, and, and sort of just getting to know each other a little bit better. But then comes, again, I'm going to ping pong back and forth there. Then comes, well, what do you do with the fact that he leaves the peanut butter until it gets hard on the spoon? What do you do with that? If you're just living together, you don't have a commitment to one another. Little things like that may add up to the fact that, you know what, uh, I, I've had it. You start getting in an argument you know how arguments go. One person tries to top the other one, tries to top the other yes. one. You know, yeah, well, you're this. Well, yeah, you're this. You know what? You know what? I'm done. I always, I, I always, I hate that when I hear that phrase. When people, if you're in an argument or or even a, you know, a, a heated conversation, and someone says, I'm done. Because it's it's like this trump card that you're not even worth arguing with anymore. We're not going to resolve this problem and I'm going to get to walk out first. I'm going to be in the movie scene. I'm going to be the one who slams the door and walks out. And you're going to be the one that's left with the camera on them looking awkward. I'm yeah. done. And it's easy to do that 
when the consequence of I'm done is just one suitcase and out the door. Or I'm just leaving and I'll come back for my stuff later. No entanglements, no legal papers, no, no, uh, you know, oh, but we had the wedding and uh, what are we going to tell our friends and all the rest of that stuff. And, and maybe that makes it too easy for people to break up relationships. So there is a point yep. in the category for waiting until you get married. Now, one way through all of this is to try to keep in mind what's truly important in falling in love and in getting married in the first place. I remember asking Maury, how do you know, how do you know that the person that you're with is the person that you want to marry? There are many times that you can be in love. I think everybody who's ever had high school crushes and college crushes and post-college crushes knows that there's different forms of like feeling head over heels over somebody. But that doesn't necessarily mean you want to marry them. How do you know that the person that you are you know, in love with at that moment is the person that you should marry? Here's what Maury said. You don't know. You have to use your intuition. You can't be sure that it's true, it's right, but you have an intuition, that's all. You know about the values and you know about the general intellectual capacities of the person. You know, something about the general loving capacities. But you don't know if the fit will be right. Mm -hmm. That's always an open question. Mm -hmm. And all you can do is use your intuition and see what that tells you. Mm -hmm. There are no guarantees. Ah, there are no guarantees. That's the thing that yep. everybody wants, wishes they had when they got involved, and they don't. You want that guarantee. Yes, this is the right one. You want to go check some divine file in some divine library somewhere like, yes, Mitch, this is the woman you're supposed to marry. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, good. I thought so. I just wanted to check. Yep. Thank you, God. Yeah. Well, there are no guarantees like that. Okay, so if you don't have guarantees, then... What are you looking for? What are you, you know, what should you be aspiring to? Oh, here was part of a list. We've talked about this in a previous show. I think there were like six or seven points that Maury made about the, the things that are most important about a marriage and that you better be prepared for. Here it is. I found out a lot of things about marriage and its importance. First of all, you get tested very fully in a, ma a marriage relationship. You find out a lot about who you are, who the other person is, and how you come accommodate and don't accommodate. And you find out, first of all, if you don't respect that other person, basically, you're gonna have a lot of trouble. Secondly, if you don't know how to compromise in a relationship, you're going to have a lot of trouble. Thirdly, if you can't talk openly about what goes on between you, you continue to have trouble. So those are three critical points, in my, in my view, mm -hmm. of a successful relationship and marriage, particularly marriage. Yeah. You must respect the other person. 
You must. If For you sure. don't have respect going in, you're dead in the water. You must know how to compromise and say, okay, that's okay. From the simple window up, window down, peanut butter in the spoon, peanut butter tucked away and spoon <laughs> washed, uh, toilet seat up, toilet seat down, all those little ones and all those big ones, you must know how to compromise. And thirdly, if you can't talk openly about what goes on between you, you'll continue to have trouble. Communication is critical. So I can hear you saying, all right, well, you've talked to all this behind you've pointed out these things. So where does that come down on the vote then? Live together before marriage, don't live together before marriage. Which, which all these things that are important, which is it? Well, I think the answer is between the two of them. The answer is to look at those three things and make sure you have them in your relationship before you contemplate either move. Yeah, smart. So first, do you respect that person? You don't need to be married to find out if you respect that person. Yeah. That should be something that that you should establish and you should ask yourself about the partner that you're with. Do they respect me? Or do they just light up when I wear the right kind of clothing or when I have the right makeup on? And 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 they're nice to me, but being nice to someone does not mean you respect them. Test that out. Push a little bit. Find out if someone respects you even if you differ with them on things. You don't need to be married or living together to try that out. Secondly, compromise. You don't need to be married or living together to find out how you do in compromise. If all you have done in your relationship is he calls you up and says, let's go to dinner, and you say, okay, where do you want to go? Well, I chose last time, so you choose. Okay, I'm going here. Okay, and you go along because you really don't want to, and then you choose, and he goes along because you really don't want to, and you say, yeah, we have a great relationship. Well, you probably should try a night where each of you picks a place and the other one is forced to go to the one that they don't like because that's not you're not really experimenting with compromise yet. You're just being nice to one another, which is early stage relationship stuff is like that. But but eventually you got to make that compromise and you don't need to be married to try that out. And thirdly, talking openly between you. This is something that that a lot of people just don't do. They don't do enough in their relationship and they don't do enough even after they get married. And this is why a lot of marriages, I think, end the divorce. People don't want to talk about what's really going on in their minds, what's really going on in their lives, what's really going on in their hearts. You know, they keep it to themselves. They don't want to talk about anything bad. They want to keep everything upbeat and positive. And you're not really going to find out if your marriage material if you aren't really talking openly and honestly. And that's something I can say that, you know, in six years for Janine and I, before I asked her to marry me, seven years before we got married, we did know about how to talk openly and honestly. One of the things we talked openly and honestly about was getting married, you know, uh, and uh, the hesitations nice. about it and all that, you know, so, but at least we talked about it. And yeah. we talked about, we talked about things like, and I think this is really important. You should talk about what you would do when you were married, how you would live, how you would raise your children. What religion would you raise your children? Uh, you know, if you come from different faiths, if you come from the same faith, how often would you go to church or synagogue or, or whatever? Um, 
public school or private school that you would want to put your your kids in? You know, where where would you want to live? Would you want to live in yep. cities or out in the? You know, would you want to travel or would you want to just stay put? How important is it to you be close to your family? This is a thing that breaks all kinds of people up. You know, when when you happen to be living near your parents now. And people don't realize that like, oh, that's a game changer. We're never moving. Yep. I'm never moving away from my parents. Well, I didn't know that about you when I married you. Well, talk about it now. Yep. Find out about those things. How do you feel about money? How important is money? Going forward, how much money do you think we need to have for us to be happy, for you to be happy? How much do I need to make? How much do you need to make? Do you want to be working? Are you okay if I don't work? If we have children, what are we going to do? I mean, these are really important questions. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it and say, well, it's not time yet. But if you find yourself like on the opposite side of a lot of those questions, well, I think religion is important. Well, I don't. Well, I want to live near my parents. Well, I don't want to live anywhere near your parents. Well, I want to have six children. Well, I don't want to have more than one. You shouldn't get married. I mean, those are those are red flags. Those are warning well. signs. Yeah, those are major, major issues too, right? That could spring up in the major future. Major issues. Yeah. yeah. And when people yeah. say, oh, love will find a way. Well, yeah, nah. love, love runs into walls just, just like the rest <laughs> of us. Yeah. And if the wall is constant, then there's no hole in it and there's no way through it. Eventually, it can knock love over too. Uh, you know, you can, you can love. There are a lot of people who love one another who just aren't right being married for one another. So I guess to sum it up, I mean, it's sort of a decision that you have to make for yourself. But before you make the decision, try to put yourself through the, at least those three acid tests of whether you should be contemplating a permanent relationship and whether that means moving in with one another indefinitely or marriage in the first place. Try to examine those things, see if you have those things and keep them in mind. When it works, it's absolutely beautiful. But, yes. You know, I, 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 even with it's funny because you know, Friday was the um, the aftermath of the uh, January six hearings. The country was all angry. The stock market was in the toilet. Gas prices were you know hitting the all time high ever, and it was just such a bad news sort of Friday going into the weekend kind of thing. And then here was this lovely wedding between these two people who clearly adored each other and just wanted to start their lives together. And their vows were beautiful. Their cake was beautiful. Their ceremony was beautiful. Their, you know, the, the, the little brunch on Sunday morning before they took off for their honeymoon was beautiful. And you're, you're reassured, you know, you're reinvigorated and energized by the good in the world and the beauty in the world and how beautiful love can be when it's exercised between two people. So, Make the right, make the right uh, decisions and, and uh, do what's right for you in, in those areas. But keep in mind some of these things that Maury and I talked about. He was pretty smart about it, and he had a long, he had a long, long marriage. Uh, and I've had a pretty long one already myself. Uh, and yeah. so have you, Lisa, I believe, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's 20-something. Uh, 20-something? Yeah. You don't know 20, for well, sure? 20 We've been married 21 years. We've been together yeah. 25 years. So I'm I mean, it gets 20 something I'm because- tw I'm 27 know. and 34, so- See? Yeah, so must have done something right. See? All right, we hope you enjoyed uh, this edition of the podcast. We do this every week. 
You can go to our website, wetuesdaypeople.com, and find out more about the history of the program and other topics we've covered, chat rooms, etc. And we appreciate your listening to us each and every week. Until we get a chance to be with you again, on behalf of Lisa Goich, I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday people.